Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Everybody, the Champions League quarterfinal stages wraps up this week to find out who makes it to the final four of this illustrious competition. Jimmy Conrad, Jonathan Johnson are here. Can Man City and Liverpool, who just gave us one of the most entertaining games in recent years, finish the job against Atletico and Benfica respectively? Or will we see a shock result that will once again have our heads scratching on who will win this trophy? Meanwhile, Chelsea demolished Southampton, but can they do the business in Spain? Or will Kareem, the dream, Benzema, and Real Madrid seal this up and once again prove to everybody why they're the most successful club in UCL history? Speaking of history, El Submarino Amarillo, Villarreal, look to make their own with Una Emery as they hope to make their own against a very angry Bayern Munich. We also chat some Europa and much, much more. As I mentioned, Jonathan Johnson, Jimmy Conrad, Kego Lasso, Champions League preview begins right now. Everybody, welcome to Kegolasso, Kegolasso Pod on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash Kegolasso. Nearly there, 11,000 subscribers. Please help us get there. And thank you so much for your support. Jimmy Conrad is back. I keep dragging him in from In Soccer <laughs> We Trust. And we just say, In Soccer We Trust, In Kegolasso We Trust. Jimmy Conrad, how are you? What's up, LME? What's up, JJ? Everybody listening, great to see you as always, uh, even though I can't see you. But hopefully one day we can all get together and have a big In, in Kegolasso We Trust pickup game somewhere around the world. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. I've already played with Jimmy. It was a joy to behold, to witness the magic that was Jimmy Conrad. <laughs> you know what? Your left foot, LME. Excellent. Excellent left foot over there. Thank you, man. Yeah. I really, it means a lot, buddy. I can't wait. And I want, I, I would love that Kego Lasso in soccer, we trust, uh, attacking third uh, pickup game. That would be amazing. Jonathan be Johnson, maybe we fly you in, buddy. Well, you know what? I'm waiting on that invitation. I'm a bit of a, a meteor Jeremy Menes is, is how I'd like to describe myself on the uh, on the five-a-side pitch. That's so, uh, no, honestly, name the time and place and I'll be there within reason. I love it. I believe that's your OK Cupid uh, name, a meteor. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Kego Lasso, our Champions League previewed. The wonderful Jimmy Conrad and Jonathan Johnson are here. We're going to break down the games as we look to find out who makes it to the semifinals? A real intriguing matchup. Here is the bracket, by the way, as we look ahead to some great games. Benfica losing, trailing 3-1 against Liverpool. Man City with a 1-0 lead against Atleti. Chelsea 3-1 losing to Real Madrid. Villarreal 1-0 against Bayern Munich. Let's begin with Tuesday's games. We'll take a break and then we'll discuss Wednesday's action. But Jimmy Conrad, Real Madrid against Chelsea. Fantastic matchup at the Bernabeu. Chelsea, as we mentioned in the intro, my God, they took all their frustrations out on poor Southampton and Ralph Hasenhutl. I feel like he's the victim of so many of these. And Real Madrid did the business against Getafe, and the league looks certain for them as well. But this is a tricky one, of course, because we don't really know, even though Real Madrid have the upper hand, it's just a two-goal differential. How do you see it, my friend? Oh, this is a great game. Obviously, all these games are good. Champions League quarterfinals. 
I'll jump in and say Chelsea need to score first. If if they don't score first, I think this is dead. Uh, the longer it stays at zeros, you know, obviously that's going to benefit uh, Madrid and their two goal lead. And the reason I say that is because confidence is a hell of a drug and Real Madrid have it not only individually. You see it with Vinicius Jr. who had an absolute peach of an assist this past week with the outside of his foot to a diving header to Casemiro. Casemiro's first goal of the season, his first goal since May. They are just playing with a different gravy right now and, and they have that belief in themselves. And I think it all kind of set off when they had that miraculous comeback. There's no other way to describe it against PSG in leg two. So at home, I think they can do the business. That said, when you look at Chelsea's performance this past weekend, I think what Timo Werner provided, and uh, shout out to him for getting a hat trick of hitting all the posts, I think, both the left, <laughs> the right, and the crossbar. That's, that's not easy yeah. to do. That is a gift, everybody. That is a gift that only Timo Werner could provide. And he still had two goals on top of that. What I think he provided that maybe they lacked in leg one against Madrid was some verticality, allowing, not that Kai Havertz doesn't do it, but his speed, Timo Werner's pace really does allow or, or forces the opposing defense to have to think about how they want to defend, where they want to set their line. And ultimately, we can talk about these little nuances and details of the game, which I think are super important, but there has to be a mentality shift from Chelsea. Now, they had it against Southampton. They didn't have it against Madrid. I thought Madrid were excellent, excellent in leg one. And the biggest reason why was in transition. You guys have played enough. Everybody listening has played in some capacity, small-sided, big games, whatever it is. But when you have a team that when they win the ball, they play out of the situations, you can't even press them anymore. You can't even get close because they're making their decisions so quickly. That was Madrid in leg one. And if that continues in leg two, Chelsea are going to have another long night. But but I think they're going to make some adjustments. Obviously, Tuchel knows what he's doing. So this is going to be a great game, not only for just the, the big picture, but also for the soccer nerds out there that are paying attention to these little things. <laughs> yeah, I agree with uh, Jimmy that uh, Real were excellent. And for me, it kind of cancelled out a bit of the the bitterness i guess feeling like they didn't really do enough against psg it was almost handed to them on a silver platter they really earned that win against chelsea and i you know i don't think the scoreline even flattered them uh, at all it was a brilliant performance you know some of the best uh, football played by benzema that we've seen uh you know in a in a long long time and we've seen a lot uh, of great Benzema performances uh, over the last sort of 18 months, especially. So, you know, for me, uh, you know, when he's on that kind of form, Ballon d'Or winning form, uh, you know, it's going to be very hard for Chelsea to to keep him quiet. And that's why when I'm looking at this game, I'm, I'm focusing on that Chelsea defense because if they can't keep Real out, one, one Real goal is probably going to kill this tie. I don't think even though Chelsea have that prolific ability about them that we saw against Southampton. You know, Southampton seemed to have one of those blowouts at least once a season. So, you know, I'm taking it with a little bit more of a pinch of salt. I'm not expecting Real, uh, you know, to capitulate in the same way that the Saints did. Uh, and for me, I think Chelsea's defence, getting that right is absolutely key, as well as the early goal that Jimmy mentioned. If Chelsea can get those two ingredients, uh, you know, going in their favour, then they have a chance. Otherwise... I think that first leg disappointment uh, is going to cost them dear. But, you know, you can't take anything away from Real. It was the perfect performance. And I I really didn't think they had it in them uh, after what I saw from the over two legs against PSG. Yeah, defensively is where I'm going here, everybody, as we stick around to this conversation. Those Real Madrid hosting Chelsea. JJ brought it up. very. And listen, in that Southampton game, that back three from Thomas Tuchel, Jimmy Conrad, was exactly the same in the one that they lost to Real Madrid. I'm wondering... Mm -hmm. If Thomas Tuchel is going to rethink a few things, he likes the, you know, three at the back and obviously the wing back situation. But also on the other side, Real Madrid, Militao is suspended for this one. So it'll be intriguing to see what happens there. Luka Modric was rested 
this past weekend, to your point about transition. How do you expect both sides to line up as they face each other in this game? Yeah, that's a good question. I know that Thomas Tuchel came out and said after leg one that Vinicius Jr. killed him in that that space between Reese James and Christensen. I could see a change. Azpilicueta, I guess, is a little bit hurt, but or he had COVID, excuse me, but he's take, had a couple negative tests, so he should be good to go. I like the matchup of Azpilicueta versus Vinicius. It's a little bit more quickness versus quickness, and it allows Aspi to maybe get a little bit tighter to Vinicius, which Christensen can't do. Because if you get too tight to him when he doesn't have the ball, he's just going to run in behind you, Vinicius. And, and if you play off of him, then he's going to get it in front of you and run at you. And you're kind of just like, and as I said, uh, I just thought that Christensen looked like a giraffe on roller skates against Vinicius <laughs> Jr. <laughs> you look so lost. <laughs> he did. He I'm did. Not- he was all over the place. I'm now picturing that, Jimmy Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Barcelona's rethinking. Ah, maybe Christensen isn't isn't the guy we actually want to sign. Anyway, uh, I, I think there could be some some adjustments, or if or if not, maybe a different starting position for Reese James, uh, just to make sure that they suffocate the service, block the passing lanes into Vinicius. Furlan Mendy also is an injury concern, which would be a big loss for them to not have Militao and Furlan Mendy in this game. Nacho's either going to have to play out wide or in the middle. So it'll be interesting to see how how Madrid adjusts here. But that said, you know, sometimes confidence can overcome a lot of that. Marcelo actually had a pretty good game against Satafe, but still a, a defensive liability in a lot of different ways. Can you expect him to do the defensive side of stuff? So that would be if, if Marcelo starts for, for Madrid, that's a big opportunity for whoever's on the right side for Chelsea to take yeah, advantage. Quickly, Jimmy, Pulisic, is he starting this one? I don't think he will. I mean, if I'm Tuchel, why would you change anything from a team that scored six goals, four goals in the first half. So he came on as a, as a sub and they scored two more goals after that, but he wasn't involved in either one of the goals. Yeah. For, for, for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tweak it too much. You know, like I said earlier, I, I don't think you can expect uh, Real Madrid to roll over in the same way that Southampton did, but equally, uh, you know, Tuchel in this kind of situation, you know, having seen uh, him over a number of years at PSG, he hates losing. It, it motivates him so much, almost more than being the underdog. So for him to be able to make a tactical statement here, it, you know, he will be really, really motivated for this. He'll be hungry for it. Uh, it was interesting when Jimmy was chatting about sort of the, the defensive makeup. I wonder how much of that's actually contributing to Chelsea's sort of iffy, uh, you know, recent blip in in defensive form, you know, because you've got three guys, you were, we're talking about Azpilicueta, Rudiger, um, and uh, Christensen, you know, all guys who could potentially be leaving at the end of the season who are perhaps not as invested in what's going on on the pitch now that they've won the Champions League with Chelsea. So, you know, for me, I think this is a real test for Thomas Tuchel and something that he'll relish, uh, you know, being able to get a really top performance out of this team and turn it around. Give me your prediction, JJ, before we jump on to Jimmy. I've gone for Chelsea winning 2-0 in 90 minutes. It going to extra time. Wow. And Real Madrid getting one goal. <laughs> Kareem Benzema might take it. Yeah. That is a really exciting way like uh, like to, to lay, lay that one out. I, I could see a draw after 90 minutes. I don't think that Real Madrid, though they gave up the first goal to Kylian Mbappe in the round of 16 at home, which because they were playing a high line and took some risks, can Chelsea hurt them in the same way? Timo Werner, maybe not as good of a finisher as Mbappe. I, I like a draw. I just don't think the Madrid really need to extend themselves. They can hit them on the counter. And I think it'll be a little bit of poking and prodding, maybe a, a draw in the first half and, and then a draw in the second half ultimately. But I don't think the goals will happen until the second half. Um, so ultimately Real Madrid winning that one. Then. Yeah, Madrid will go through, but I could see like a 1-1 here. Yeah, I gave it a 2-1. 
I feel Vinicius Jr. got a lot of highlights in that first leg. I got to say, it wasn't even his best game. And I feel like Vinicius Jr. might just, you know, give us a little bit of a dose of what we can expect post Neymar in Brazil. I'm giving it 2-1 to Real Madrid. Can, can I add that Fede Valverde, putting him in the starting lineup <sighs> yeah. on the front line was I mean, excellent we, in the first leg. Oh, it's just his energy alone. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think, honestly, I don't think Tuchel was prepared for that because he was pressing in a way that, Maybe an Asensio or somebody else who's more attack-minded wouldn't. Fede Valverde was all over the place and kind of an unsung hero. And like he one. played all ninety well, minutes this past weekend, by the way, as yeah. well. I mean, I mean, part of it though, as well, is that Ancelotti did what I think many of us just didn't expect him to do. You know, he was able to change it up. He's able to go more aggressive, mm -hmm. and it's something that we've not really associated with Ancelotti. Certainly not in the last couple of years. You know, mm -hmm. so for him to show that kind of tactical flexibility, you know, I think took a lot of us or caught a lot of us off guard. Yeah, Tony Cruz was rested, Luka Modric was rested. By the way, this past weekend, Gareth Bell was booed and Casemiro said, I don't like that, everybody. I don't like that. I wonder, will we see any minutes from Gareth Bell, do you think, JJ? Um, I mean, I guess it depends on the scenario. I mean, if Real Madrid are relatively comfortable towards the end, possibly, I don't really. It, it's like uh, you asked Jimmy earlier about Pulisic. I, mm. I don't see the need to throw in somebody, uh, you know, who's not been sort of part of forming, you know, what is working quite well for them. At he the doesn't need that time. trolling, I think, at the better bound. <laughs> Maybe if they're up 3-0, you can roll them out. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a match winner. I mean, he's just proved it with Wales. It's not like you need to harken back to five years I mean, he ago. Could, but he could be an interesting wild card if it does go the way that I predicted, and Chelsea suddenly yeah, find themselves right. going up and taking it to extra time. Yeah, I mean, don't forget Rodrigo. I mean, they have enough weapons. But yes, yes, absolutely. You never know. The longer the game goes, all right. Well, we all give it a Real Madrid win. Jonathan Johnson gives it an extra time, so we will see what happens. Let's jump to the next game on Tuesday. Bayern Munich. An angry Bayern Munich. A resounding Bayern Munich, perhaps, against Villarreal, by the way. Una Emery already said it. He's like, look, I don't, you know, I, I'm expecting a storm here, Jonathan Johnson, as Una Emery travels to the Alliance Arena. What do you predict here? I, again, it's, uh, you know, it's been said a lot, but I really feel Villarreal should have come away with more than just one goal in that first half, and that might hurt them. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think that VRL will be kicking themselves that they don't find themselves, uh, you know, further up uh, over the two legs. Uh, I also found Emery's approach over the weekend interesting. 11 changes for that game against Athletic Club. Uh, you know, that's very clearly, uh, you know, where uh, Emery's priorities lie, you know, making the most of this Champions League opportunity. But, you know, Villarreal are going to have to be even better defensively than they were uh, in that first leg. I thought there were some very, very strong elements of that performance at the back. I mean, you look at the way that Juan Foyth uh, played uh, on the right-hand side, you know, quite an aging back line uh, with uh, Albiol still held up, uh, you know, very nicely. But, you know, I think to expect them to keep... Robert Lewandowski at bay over 90 minutes. Uh, you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a big ask. I mean, I've got this one going to extra time as well. So you'll be delighted if we've got you're two right. games going Jeez, to extra man. time on Tuesday. You, you're all about the telenovelas this week, <laughs> Jonathan Johnson. I love it. You want to take it to extra time. And who wins in the end in that one? I'm sorry to interrupt. What would you say in that one? Uh, my prediction for that one is that Bayern uh, ultimately advance, but I actually have them going through on penalties. So I've got 2-1 uh, after extra time with Bayern winning on pens. Wow, Jimmy, jump in, buddy. What, yeah. another, another I mean, I, I'm, I'm just like, honestly, I'm looking at the table that you had up and, and Villarreal's in seventh. They're on 46 points. And for them to get into, that's Conference League, for them to get into Europa League playoff in La Liga, they'd have to finish in sixth. They're eight points behind Real Sociedad with seven games left to go. 
they have two losses and a draw in their last three domestically. It's it's they did the same thing last season. They had to win the Europa League last year to qualify for the Champions League. That was their only way in. And it feels like they're trying to do the same thing. I don't know. I mean, they they clearly have something to their team. And what I really appreciated about their leg one performance was their attitude. They were playing on the front foot. They were proactive. They weren't just reacting to Bayern and letting them dictate the tempo and the control. They're the ones that set it. And we've seen Unai Emery, in terms of you know being flexible with their tactics, be able to do both. But I really appreciated that they just went for it. And they tried to go step on Bayern Munich's throat. And they should have been rewarded with more goals and just weren't. When I look at Bayern, they didn't get a goal, which is pretty surprising, all things considered, because they usually score at least one in every single game that they play in. But then when you look at this past week against Augsburg this past weekend, they had no shots in the first half on goal. And they needed a late penalty to, to beat Augsburg. Now, Augsburg obviously is still making sure they're pushing out of that relegation zone. So they've got a little fight to them. I also want to add, though, we saw Borussia Dortmund recently when they had all of their fans finally back. They could go to full capacity. They lost at home 4-1 to RB Leipzig. This was the past weekend. Bayern were allowed to finally have their Allianz Arena full, 75, 80,000 people. And I don't know if it's just a little bit something different and, and maybe they were playing a little bit more guarded or conservative or it was just maybe so overwhelming. Uh, but they didn't look great either. And so I'm kind of curious to see how they perform because it's going to be a full house. That said, in leg one against RB Salzburg in round of 16, they were a little lackluster. Then they went back to Munich and won 7-1. I'm feeling like that might have similar vibes, but this Villarreal team, especially because they got to rest a lot of their players over the weekend, as JJ mentioned, with all those changes, will be ready to go. And I think that there is a little bit of desperation in this. We need to perform well in this competition. Otherwise, we're we're only going to be in the Conference League next year, which is obviously a couple steps below the Champions League. So I'm going to lean towards Bayern. I'll go right into my predictions. You know, this is always a Bayern to win, both teams to score kind of vibe here. That's kind of what they do in the Champions League. I think we will see some changes. I think Sula will come in and start this one. I think Leroy Sané, who has six assists in eight games in the Champions League, will probably start this one instead of Coman, who started in leg one. They had Lucas Hernandez at center back. I think you're going to have Upa Makano and Sula, who I just think it's a little bit more compact two proper center backs just focusing on defending. I, th- I think I think Sula's out is he out okay if he's out then then I honestly it makes me wonder because I, I because Villarreal likes to punch you in the face no disrespect to Lucas Hernandez but having a big center back that can kind of compete with that physicality it makes a difference and Lucas Hernandez is looking to more just play he likes to play he doesn't necessarily want to get his his uh his jersey dirty or whatever the cliche we want to say so but you see a Byron win here I do see a Bayern win. I just think they're in so, regular time. so dynamic. Yeah, I could see like a two. Well, I guess it'd have to be 2-0. I'll say, I'll say 3-1 then. I think That's what Bayern, I have. Yeah, I think Bayern will get the goals that they need. But they, again, very similar. They got to score first and score early. If yeah. they score first and early, it's going to be really tough for Villarreal to slow down that momentum. That's what I have. I have a 3-1 vibe. Yeah. I completely agree about the Salzburg thing. I feel like they're going to be back at the – I mean, I, I get the – comes it, back in. I yeah, think. and I get the overwhelming sense, psychologically speaking, when all your fans are in the stadium, but they've already experienced that already now. So right. they should be ready to go. Yeah, right. I think Julian Nagelsmann is going to learn a few things, specifically in that midfield. And in Villarreal, who, Una Emery, they're so good at, like, containing you. I just don't think I, – I can probably see it in the first 20 – but then Bayern, once they get going, I feel that Bayern will take it. And yeah. again, I just go back to the original point, Jonathan Johnson, when you give me your prediction. I go back to this. It really should have been more than one nothing for Villarreal. And I think that's going to bite them at the end. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the one thing that Villarreal maybe that has 
they have it counting in their favor. They have so many experienced guys, you know, guys who have sort of been in these kind of scenarios yeah, uh, in the past, uh, you know, who will know exactly what to expect from this second egg. I mean, obviously Bayern have tons of experience in every position across the pitch, but Villarreal, you know, there's there's some wily veterans in there, especially in that midfield makeup, Etienne Capu, you know, guys who, you know, we might have thought were washed a couple of years ago, uh, you know, and have suddenly been able to bring these fantastic performances out of the bag. I mentioned Albiol earlier, you know, for him to be going at this level still at his age is, you know, also very impressive. So I I think it's going to be tighter than 3-1. I'm confident that at least one of these two ties on Tuesday is going to go to uh, to extra time. But uh, what, 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 what do I know? Maybe it's just the, uh, the, the, the former PSG... Uh, uh, your magic of yeah whole, uh, the, 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 that, that whole vibe going on but no I, I mean I obviously honestly you know I think Unai Emery has already done a fantastic job with Real. if he can take their if he can push Bayern all the way here you know that will just add to this impressive turnaround that he's done in such a short space of time with them yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, listen, the fact that they're in the quarterfinals is incredible within itself. And don't forget that somebody like Arnold Anjuma wants to keep proving to Europe that he is one of the best wingers out there. Jimmy, I can sense you have one final point. I just want to say that I, I'm afraid that Villarreal is going to sit back and I don't want them to do that. I thought when they no, took they it to shouldn't. Bayern, Bayern struggled when they when they were right on top of him. And if they go in there and just like try to hold on to the lead for 90 minutes in Munich, yeah, it's going to be a long night. Yeah. Bayern Munich is a Goliath, but they let you play if you yeah. set a president. And if you set a president, it could happen. But I still see a Bayern Munich. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a break, everybody. Then we'll get into Wednesday's action as Atletico de Madrid. Hope for something, anything, <laughs> you know, maybe remove the buses and get something against Manchester City. And on the other side of that, Liverpool should get the job done against Benfica. But we don't know with Darwin Nunez coming around plus some Europa League action to discuss Kigo Lasso Champions League preview Jonathan Johnson Jimmy Conrad LME we'll be right back when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply everybody welcome back to Kigo Lasso Champions League preview let's discuss Wednesday's action Diego Simeone is at the Wanda Metropolitano now hosting Manchester City it's only one nothing so I want to just you know put that as a headline stamp it on a piece of paper it's only one nothing <laughs> but but Jimmy Conrad it is Manchester City I am so conflicted about this because part of me, on paper, I want to say, you know, you have a chance here, Atletico Madrid. But then you go and lose one nothing to Mallorca, who haven't scored in like 75 years, and you still can't get the job done. What do you think is going to happen here as Atletico de Madrid host Manchester City? This Atletico Madrid team is very frustrating, uh, as everybody knows, or if you're going to learn now. I am an Atleti fan. They're my team in La Liga. And I, I look at what they've been doing this season. Against the bottom three teams in La Liga, of an 18 available points, they only have four. 
<laughs> they have four out of 18 points. Just had awful. they set, had they've gotten, let's, I don't, not even maximum. Let's just say they got 14 out of 18 points against the bottom three teams in La Liga. They'd only be five points behind Real Madrid right now. And, and that kind of speaks to their lack of switching on, their lack of focus. I don't want to call it arrogance, but just that maybe they feel there's like maybe some entitlement creeped into what they think they're capable of or whatever. But but something's amiss with this team, and I can't really put my finger on it because they have more talent than I think they've ever had. And it's like they can't find the right mix of whether they're going to be defensive or whether, well, we got some really talented attacking players. Should we take off the handcuffs and let them play? And then when you look at leg one against Man City, they played a 5-5-0. They didn't even, like, Joao Felix, they were like 30 yards away from the top of the, from Jan Oblak. Their striker is insane. <laughs> and it was so disheartening because I think of any team you want to support, you just, just go for it, man. I don't give a shit if we lose 10-0, but as long as we're going for it, mm. I mean, I guess it would still hurt if we lost 10-0. But, but, <laughs> but, but, but if we had our bus foot forward, we were trying to put it out there and you just say, hey, we're not good enough. Then, then that's one thing. And, and Diego Simeone said in the pre-press conference, sorry, I'm going off on a rant here. He said, my players aren't as good as Man City's players. And I was like, man, are you saying that? I know he's all about psychological warfare here. So I don't know. I just I just wish he wouldn't come out and say that. That's all. And so <laughs> City, obviously, one of the top teams in the world. Their game against Liverpool this past weekend was fantastic. A great advertisement for the beautiful game at its highest levels. They're going to go out there and try to play. But there's different types of ways to win. And Diego Simeone is the master at the dark arts. And uh, I wouldn't put it past them to, to get this into extra time. And then from there, anything can happen. But I don't think anybody wants to see it let you go through because it's just like negative football, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's that nobody wants to see Atleti go through. I, I think know. it's that, I mean, they're just absolute butt cheeks in attack. <laughs> honestly, it's just really, it, like you said, it's so frustrating to see that, to see them have that quality, that potential. I mean, it's almost like Simeone doesn't really know how to coach this group of players outside of the way that has made him so successful yeah, at Atleti. Right, exactly. And I feel we've had this debate so many times about whether Simeone's mentality and the way that, you know, the kind of style of football that he really thrives on, uh, you know, is kind of holding Atleti back now because they need to be more expansive, at least with this group of players. Otherwise, just cash in, uh, you know, on these sparkling attacking talents and then just go all out, uh, you know, on Simeone's favorite shithouses, which, you know, wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't put it past them. But, uh, you know, for me, I, I just really struggle to to see Atleti holding City and scoring the only goal of the game to take it to extra time. Because right. I think that's the only right. way that they're going to take it beyond 180 minutes because I don't see Seems Atleti scoring goals. more than once. <laughs> yeah, Listen, like losing to Mallorca, one, and all due respect, and I'm looking at the lineup, the starting lineup that Atleti had, to lose like this is kind of embarrassing. And I, I, I'm thinking now, Jimmy, that maybe... You know, there's a few issues, right? You've mentioned it. Of course, uh, 12 buses were parked uh, against <laughs> Manchester City. We'll see what happens in this second leg. Jonathan Johnson mentioned, of course, uh, as well about just the tactical aspect of Diego Simeone. But I'm thinking as well, every major club that has a legitimate shot at winning this tournament has a player in the middle who can just be so graceful in transition and make it happen just like that. You well, that's, Kevin, no, I... I Right, Diego Alcantara. Right, right. Verati, PSG's not there anymore, but I'm trying to make a point here. Right. <laughs> so you think about all these midfielders who, you know, can just turn it and just make it happen. I look at Rodrigo de Pozo, great player, but he's not that. Not now. Condogbia, definitely not, because he's more like, you know, defensive mind. Coque used to be, he's not really that much. So 
Where do you go here? Because it's not Luis Suarez. He can't give you 90 minutes anymore. Joao Felix depends yeah, on somebody yeah. else. Griezmann, where are you going here? Carrasco, I don't, I'm trying to think, like, if you're going to make this happen, you're going to make it happen right now because you had zero shots, zero on target against Man City. So, you know, I'm with you on paper. It's only one nothing, but where are we going to go for from an Atleti perspective? I'm glad you brought that up because the midfield against Mallorca, which was Condogbia, Paul, and Koke, mm. they're just not very good in transition. And, and mm. if you're going to hurt Man City, it has to be in the transition game because they do commit so many numbers going forward and they gain confidence as the game goes on. So if they can sense that, hey, we're creating numerical advantages, we're creating some, some numerical superiority in certain areas of the field, they're going to keep creeping until you prove otherwise. And the thing is, Atleti doesn't prove otherwise. And imagine you're Atleti, right? And you decide, okay, when we, we're going to set up shop, our line of confrontation and coach speak is 40 yards away from our own goal. We win the ball. We still got 60 yards to go. And now we saw it in evidence of, in leg one that Joao Felix is trying to dribble through four guys by himself. Griezmann's not as connected as he should be, or he's tired because he's been chasing people around when City have the ball. It, it's, it's really frustrating. And almost to take a page from Villarreal's book against Bayern Munich, you have to go out there and punch them in the face. You have to let them know this is going to be a long 90 minutes, but you're not going to do that by sitting 40 yards away from your own goal. You're going to be doing it higher up the field. Now, obviously, you got to pick your poison there because City are very good and and train in in playing through high pressure and train through working that out. And they 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 got some it's excellent players. They know how to solve. Jimmy. It's butt cheek football. It's butt cheek football. <laughs> and and so I don't know. I really don't know outside of like the intangibles, being resolute, being disciplined, that type of stuff. That's where more often than not, Diego Simeone managed teams are a plus. But outside of that. And maybe a special moment or a set piece where where Atleti can score. I don't see on the balance how they're going to figure out a way to score against the city team and go through. And, and and as much as it pains me to say as an Atleti supporter, it's hard for me to watch this and, and to like champion this type of style. I don't want to disrespect that this is a style that can win. There's plenty of different ways to win at this game. It just hurts to see this because if only because of what JJ said. There's so much talent on this team. And it feels like there's handcuffs on them and that they can't actually be themselves because they have to stay within this the parameters of this defensive mindset. Mm, mm. You know, li listening to Jimmy's bleating right now reminds me of myself when I'm watching the French national team under Didier Deschamps, <laughs> especially when they won the, the 2018 World Cup. And I think that's realistically the only way that Atleti are going to make it through if they take a similar approach. And I think the key to that, uh, especially going forward, is Griezmann. You, you have to, like you said, he has to be more involved. Mm -hmm. I think you have to make him the focal point of the team in that sort of 10 position. Sure, just you're going to have to hope on somebody, you know, bringing their shooting boots and hitting the, the back of the net at least once in 90 minutes. But I think, you know, Griezmann is going to be absolutely key to, to Atleti's hopes yeah, of going 100%. through because if you can make him sort of, you know, talismanic within the match uh, and, and that key figure, then they stand a chance because I expect them to give City a difficult time, you know, be tough to break down. Whether or not they can hold out over the 90 minutes remains to be seen. But if they don't score, it doesn't matter. You know, City can score as many goals as they want. It really depends on whether Atleti can muster up uh, that goal because I, like we said earlier, you know, we're pretty much in agreement that Atleti aren't going to score more than once. So they need to find that opportunity and take it unexpectedly uh, and push this game beyond 180. Griezmann needs to be that player. You're 100%. Simeone needs to look back at tape and be like, this is why I brought you in the first place originally all those years ago. Just get that number 10 role and feed Joao Felix. You have to. Joao Felix is not going to hold the ball for you. Joao Felix is relying 
on some kind of he's in service. Yeah, he needs something. Exactly. He needs a serviceable attempt from the midfield to make it happen. And right now it's not happening. Quick predictions. Jimmy, go. I'll just say that Diego Simeone did what he said out to do in leg one. They they just want to give themselves a chance in leg two. They just want to give them a chance in leg two. I just want to say the first 15 minutes at home against Manchester United, I thought they were very good. And, and Joao Felix scored a good goal off a good cross, got some service, as you're talking about. I don't know if they can keep that up for 90 minutes, but there needs to be more of that kind of initiative and being proactive. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it. However, with City maybe being a little bit tired, a little banged up from the Liverpool game, maybe there's something there. A response losing to Mallorca. At, at best, I'll give it let's see a draw, but I, I think City wins this by a goal. Yeah, I'm going 1-0. And Jonathan Johnson, I'm taking this one to extra time, but with Man City winning. <laughs> what do you say? You know what? I'm going to disappoint you guys. I've gone for City to win 2-0. I think that it'll stay tight right up until the end. And I think when it becomes clear that Atleti aren't mm-hmm. going to get that goal, I think City will pull away. Well, there you have yeah. it. But it should be an interesting one. But please, Diego Simeone, Cholo, escúchame. I don't want to see what I saw last week. I beg of you. Please. Please. All right, let's go to the other side. The final game on Wednesday as well. Liverpool host Benfica 3-1. It should be fine, you would think. But, you know, you never know in these situations, especially when somebody like Darwin Nunez, who not just scored in that game, but he scored a hat-trick this past weekend. He's feeling it. Our very own Fabrizio Romano is reporting that Benfica will sell him. Obviously, a lot of suitors. He wants Europe. He wants big clubs. But it's not just about Darwin Nunez. Benfica really need to make it happen if they're to do anything here, Jonathan Johnson. I think that in the recap last week, we all said, look, it's, it's done and dusted. Is there any hope for Benfica as they face Liverpool? Not really. Uh, I haven't changed my mind that much on it. I, I still think that Liverpool will go through. But I think for Benfica, this is more about playing for pride, uh, you know, keeping it tight, you know, going toe to toe with Liverpool. Sure, if they get an early goal, uh, you know, then then things could change. Uh, but as we saw uh, in the first leg, you know, it kind of, kind of took a really shoddy piece of Liverpool defending for Benfica to score. I mean, if you give Nunez even half a sniff, uh, you know, in the penalty box, he's going to take that opportunity. And it's funny, I remember we were talking about Nunez, potential clubs where he could move on to next uh, after Benfica. And we, yeah. I suggested uh, Atletico Madrid. I think he'd be a good fit uh, there if he, if he does end up going back to, uh, going back to Spain because, of course, he's played for Almeria before. But in terms of this game, I think it's going to be tighter than it was uh, in Lisbon. Uh, you know, I think Klopp may well make a few changes. Uh, I'd be surprised if Luis Diaz doesn't come back in given how well he played in the first leg. Uh, yeah. And ultimately, I expect him to play some role uh, in Liverpool just about sneaking this. I went for a 1-0 Liverpool win. Um, but if Benfica get an early goal, uh, you know, anything could happen. I just don't think it'll involve, uh, you know, Benfica taking this beyond 90 minutes on the night. Yeah. What's also interesting from a Benfica perspective is that they have Sporting Clube de Portugal this upcoming weekend. So they have their own big game and big derby to, to focus on as well, even though the league's pretty much out of reach for them, but they don't want to lose to, to Sporting, of course, when they have an opportunity. Liverpool sandwiched between this game is sandwiched between two, City games. The next one's FA Cup semifinals this weekend at Wembley. Uh, Liverpool have too much. I mean, we saw them with a two-goal lead in the round of 16 against Inter, and they lost 1-0, but Lattaro had to score maybe one of the goals of the Champions League to, to actually get past Allison. I just love the signings that Liverpool make. I mean, Luis Diaz is another example of that, where he's made an, a tremendous impact. He's, he's 
really jumped into the team seamlessly. And be, because you have that type of depth and that you can rotate rotate out Ajota and Amane and bring on Firmino and Diaz, it's just ridic- it's ridiculous. And so I don't, I don't see Benfica getting into this. They haven't been very good away from home in the Champions League so far. I know they scrap, scraped by to, to beat Ajax in the last round in Amsterdam, and that was enough to see them through. But it, it was still kind of scrappy, and I just don't see scrapping. I honestly don't think scrappiness is going to be enough to beat this Liverpool team. I, Liverpool are going to score at least one, maybe two goals, and now you have to now get two more than that. I just think that Liverpool have too much quality. I think they can see how much this means. I feel like they're in a good point. They had a great, great performance this weekend, uh, fighting back, being down a goal, so they can kind of scrap in their own ways. I, I'm, I'm basically trying to find a way to get Benfica uh, something here outside of Darwin Nunez it's you know, continuing to perform. To it's just, it's just not happening. This is probably yeah. the most slam dunk of the leg to uh, Liverpool yeah. going through at least. Yeah, and, and but the it. thing is, I think as well, there's a bit to play for for Benfica in terms of pride. I mean, we now know that Roger Schmidt is probably going to take over as coach in the summer, which mm-hmm. means that the players can already start playing for their future. You know, players who impress for between now and the end of the season, assuming that Nunez moves on, which is highly likely. Right. Uh, you know, they're going to be looking to, to to play to sort of be part of this future Benfica project under Schmidt. So for me, I think that, uh, you know, even a narrow defeat, uh, as I've predicted, you know, I think that can be considered positively for Benfica. And they were kind of unlucky to lose it 3-1 uh, that late uh, at home. Yeah, so you gave it a one nothing Liverpool, JJ? Is that what you did? Yeah. Yeah, and Jimmy? Yeah, I'll, I'll say Liverpool by a goal. That sounds... Could be 2-1, yeah. could be 1-0. I, I was very hopeful. I gave it a draw 1-0 and then Liverpool winning in the end 4-2. But, you know, we'll see. But a good point about trying to make their cases count for the new manager coming in. All right, let's finish up, everybody, with Europa League because Europa League is sexy as hell. All right, let me give you just the results and then, you know, Jimmy, you take it wherever you want and JJ sure. add, of course, but Barcelona, Frankfurt... Barcelona camp now. It's now 1-0 in that game. Lyon-West Ham is 1-0 as well. Fantastic stuff from West Ham because they were with 10 men for a while. Atalanta-Leipzig also 1-0. And Rangers trailing Braga 1-0. Where do you want to go? Barcelona, I presume, Jimmy Conrad. Yeah, they had a pretty crazy game against Levante this past weekend. Barcelona needed a Luke de Jong header to, to win the game in the, in the dying minute. I mean, whoever, I never thought that, that that sentence would ever come out of my mouth at any point in my whole life. Yeah. And Luke de Jong would even be playing for Barcelona, let alone scoring game winners for them to help them stay relevant in La Liga. But uh, their good vibes continue. Now, Barcelona, in since they've been in the Europa League, round of 32, round of 16, and now they have drawn the first leg and then gone on to win the second leg. So I think that theme will, will continue in this one with all due respect to Eintracht who I thought were very good in, in the first leg and, and really came out honestly I'll admit a reference via Real again but came out with that type of energy like we don't care if you're Barcelona yeah they press we don't high. care who you are we're gonna go out and put our best foot forward and that's what I want to see from Atletico but yeah. but uh <laughs> but I think that game is, is very interesting RB Leipzig I expected a little bit more from them against Atalanta Atalanta though have only won four out of the last 12 games at home in all competitions. So I think there's some room there for Leipzig to get a result. So I think one Bundesliga team will go through with all due respect to Gasparini, who I appreciate. Uh, Braga, I think, is going to get past Rangers. I think Braga is going to be the one shining 
Portuguese team that's going to actually get to the semifinals of a competition. All the <laughs> other ones are going to be dashed out. With all, I, I like Rangers and, and Van Bronckhorst. And then I'll leave Lyon, West Ham for, for JJ over there. Well, JJ, take it away, buddy. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, glad you did. Really looking forward to this one. I mean, there's so much riding on this game and not just for Lyon, for French football in general, because for Lyon to get to a semifinal, okay, the task would be really difficult up against either a Barca or a, a Frankfurt if they can get past uh, the Hammers. You know, but that that would be monumental, especially with Marseille looking good uh, in the Conference League as well. You know, suddenly there's you know hope of uh, you know something for, for French football fans to cheer. So I'm I'm really optimistic. I don't know if, if I'm optimistic blindly. Uh, you know, because I think Lyon should have gotten a better result from the first leg. You know, mm-hmm. when you have that man advantage for as long as they did, and you don't take advantage of it, uh, you know, you're asking to be punished. But you know, they were run tight uh, by uh, by Strasbourg over the weekend in that draw, uh, and I think that's good preparation for them for this one because they're going to have to scrap a game. But we've seen time and again Lyon raising their game uh, in Europe, and I expect them to do the same here. And I actually fancy them to just squeeze past West Ham. Like I said, maybe that's me being overly optimistic, but I just feel like West Ham, especially when I'm looking at them in the league, they seem to have lost a bit of that momentum. I'm just hoping that Leon can capitalize on that and give us, you know, two potential uh, European semifinals to look forward to here in France. Yeah, it should be a fun one. It was a fun first leg, of course. Let's do something fun here now that we've wrapped up both the Champions League and Europa League. And let's just get to how the brackets would look. All right, so all of us have an agreement that Real Madrid wins that one against Chelsea, correct? Yeah. Right? Okay. So, and Bayern, we'll have Bayern winning this one? Yeah. Yes. All right. So, Real Madrid, Bayern win on Tuesday. Man City win here. Sadly, Jimmy, you agree, right? Against Atleti. Yeah. Yes, Man City goes through. That's correct. And then Liverpool wins against Benfica. So, that would mean it's Man City against Real Madrid. Is that right? In the semifinals? Yep, that's right. And then Liverpool against Bayern, Bayern Munich. Munich. Woo, baby! Let's just let's have some fun, all right? Which I, which I actually, well, both of those hurt, but but Liverpool's got a little bit more of a difficult schedule to end the season in the Premier League and they playing do. Bayern over two legs. Not to say that Madrid wouldn't take it out of of Man City. It's got instinct. Who do you have winning that? Liverpool, Bayern Munich. Oh man, uh, I'll go Liverpool. All right, okay, JJ. Yeah, uh, I'd go Liverpool as well. But I think them advancing past Bayern could cost them a bit of ground in the Premier League. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, back to you, JJ. And then, Jimmy, you add uh, Real Madrid, Man City. Who would you have there? Uh, yeah. So for that one, I'd go for City. Um, I don't know if I'd put them going through comfortably. Uh, you know, I think that one would definitely be a really entertaining uh, two-legged affair. But yeah, I'd, I'd pick City over Real for that. Jimmy? Yeah, I think we got City Liverpool final, which would be <laughs> it's, it's destined, <laughs> isn't it? It's it is in the stars. Yeah. All right. Well, Europa League very quickly. We have Barcelona winning, correct? All of us here. Yes. So, I'm a little conflicted about Leon West Ham, Jonathan Johnson. You have Leon, <laughs> just your heart is saying Leon. Jimmy, what do you say? I have uh, Le- I'm gonna tell you something right now. I don't want to do this to you, West Ham fans. I'm going with Leon, I think, as well. I just think that I know it's kind of a cliche. I think the home advantage might just be. A little too much for a West Ham side, by the way, who rightly said by JJ, I saw this, I saw them this past weekend. Maybe their minds were a little bit too further ahead on this game, but they did not look that great against Brentford. Jimmy, what do you think? <laughs> I'm going to, I want it. My, my heart says the hammers, but, okay. but my head, my head says Leon. I think that, uh, when you look at their team on paper, they got some guys that can win games by themselves. And collectively, if Peter Bosch can get the tactics right, you know, he's already gotten to a final before with Ajax in the Europa League. So 
whenever right. you think about them domestically, I, I think that they could figure out a way to to get past West Ham here. Yeah, I'm exactly the same then. We're all saying Leon. My head, my heart says West Ham, but as I think it's going to be Leon. All right, well, Braga Rangers. I'm, I'm going gonna, Braga. Yep. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go with Rangers. What do you say, JJ? No, I'm going to be in the same boat as Jimmy, okay. uh, which means it's probably going to take on water, but Braga. <laughs> All right, well, the, ma- the majority wins for the sake of this bracket. Let's say Braga goes through there. Barcelona go through. Braga go f- through. Leon go through. Atalanta, Leipzig. I am going with Leipzig as well. I think that record for Atalanta at home is not pleasing to the eye. And to your point, Jimmy, I do see a German side making it through. Jimmy, you agree? Leipzig, right? Yeah, yeah. I got Leipzig versus Braga, which on paper puts Leipzig in the final. So you got okay. Leipzig in the final, and then I think Barcelona's in the final. <sighs> and uh, Barcelona-Leipzig is a pretty good Europa League final, to be honest. And JJ, you have it the same? Who would win that final? Uh, do I have it the same? Uh, do I you? Think I'd, I, I, th- I, think, <laughs> I think I'd fancy uh, Leon, uh, Le- Leon, pulling, Leon pulling one of their Beating magical European moments. Yeah, I do. Legs. Wow. Well, JJ, I, I think, I think you, know, you, know, you know, you know, Ronald Koeman isn't managing Barcelona anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I think, I think they do what they did to Juve a couple of years ago in the yeah, Champions yeah, League. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Well, the majority wins, JJ. Sorry, sorry. Barcelona <laughs> is through anyway. So, well, you know, if Xavi ends up winning, you know, what, you know, you know, you know what I will say. Yeah. The whoever advances from that semi will win the Europa League. I so agree. Leon Biasa. I agree to that. Yeah, yeah. I agree to that. But let's say, for the sake of argument, hypothetically speaking. Xavi wins this whole thing. That's pretty remarkable of everything that he has done with Barcelona, don't you think? Dude, Jimmy? they were in ninth when he t- in La Liga when he took over. So yes, and and obviously they have the best accountants in the world because I don't know how they got Ferran Torres <laughs> and Aubameyang and Traore and all these guys. Roman Sachs, baby. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Their balloon payments, parachute payments, whatever. They figured it out. Best accountants in the world. Those are the real MVPs, I think, of Barcelona. It's pretty remarkable, JJ. Though, right? <laughs> Xavi's turnaround is kind of incredible because. Yes, the January transfer acquisitions held, but he's gotten the best out of, you know, Dembele seems happier. Pedri, to me, is my favorite player right now anywhere. I love him. And obviously, we know how great he is, but you can sense the shabby effect as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really impressive the the way that he's managed to prolong that new coach bounce because it's almost like they didn't enjoy it as much at the beginning as they are now. Like just with a couple of those changes, you know, bringing a bit of new blood into the team. Uh, you know, you've now got everyone playing with such enthusiasm. Uh, and it, you know, it is it is really good to see. I mean, obviously, we all we all loved Xavi as a player, and now to see him sort of you know landing on it, uh, you know, sort of flying really at the the start of his Barca managerial career, uh, you know, is, is is really really impressive. So I think as, as galling as it is for many people to see Barca turning it around because they've loved how <laughs> they've kind of been the soap opera of European football this last 12 to 18 months in terms of how much of a disaster they've been. Uh, you know, it, it almost looks like a new era is almost here. And perhaps, uh, you know, that Europa League title would be, you know, sort of the the the, the signaling of, of the start of that new uh, era of potential dominance. And you never know. Lewandowski might be joining them in Spain in the summer. We'll see. We'll have to see. But anyway, we know who's here always. And that's Jimmy Conrad. Don't forget, in soccer, we trust, by the way, some great content three times a week with Charlie Davies and Heath Pierce. Jimmy, thank you so much, buddy. Final thoughts before we say goodbye? I've got none. That was really nice of you to say. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. I love it. I love it, my friend. Jonathan Johnson, final thoughts. You could not talk about this past weekend's game. 
Well, in that case, no final thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep this one uh, one on a positive. No, always a pleasure uh, chatting with you guys. Great to have the team almost back to uh, to to the old days with uh, Jimmy with us once again. And uh, hopefully, we'll get Heath back on before the end of the season. But no, always a pleasure chatting with you guys. And just looking forward to picking through the the results and uh, our awful predictions later on in the week. <laughs> well said, my friend. Thank you, everybody. That's Jimmy Conrad, Jonathan Johnson. Make sure to follow their content on. Twitter, as well as CBS Sports, of course, HQ, the website, and beyond. I'm LME. This was Kigo Lasso's Champions League preview. And after this, we get into the final four, but plenty more content to come, including our weekend preview, our recaps, and so much more. Kigo Lasso put on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash Kigo Lasso. We will see you next time. Till then, have a great, great rest of your week.